you keep your booger hook off of the bang switch. Hello and welcome to episode number 33 of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chicago, Illinois, where the politics are corrupt and uh, well, so is everything else. And from America's left coast, where when seconds count, the police are minutes away. I'm Ryan Bemrose. And a very special guest. We have twice the Bemrose for our episode number 33 celebration. So a warm, grumpy old Ben's welcome to Anthony Bemrose. Do you like to be called Tony or do you like to be called Bemlet? I know Bemlet seems a little bit of a, of a weird thing to refer to you as, but that's always what Ryan calls you. Well, there's obviously a story behind that, but I just generally go by Tony. Tony. Okay. You sound a little more Italian. This is the good because, you know, the Italians, when you think of Chicago, we have that uh, reputation of bang, bang, guns. You know, we go back to the Al Capone era. That's kind of you sound like a guy that can happen. Tony, you got you got the stuff. Except that well, uh, the Italian name is Antonio. Anthony is an English name. But well, let's call him Antonio. I, then. I'm sorry, it's a bit early to fact check, isn't it? Oh no, it's it not. We're you. streaming. <laughs> it's a bit early for you. An hour earlier <laughs> than normal, which is early as it is. So if you are listening live, thank you for getting up a little bit early with us. We do these shows live in the No Agenda Stream, NoAgendaStream.com. There's a chat room, what they call a troll room there, where you can have fun during the show. Tell us when we're wrong. Tell us when we're right. The wrong thing seems to happen quite a bit more. But today's show, we have a topic. One I'm kind of surprised we haven't covered in its entirety yet. I know we've talked about some of this with the red flag laws, but that's a very small part of it, the gun conversation. It's a so big today topic. we're delving in. Yeah, to guns, guns, guns. Where do we even start with guns? That was actually a question I asked uh, Ryan yesterday was where, where do we start with this? And uh, I mean, I, I feel like the biggest problem that I had, well, I mean, let's be honest, everything to do with gun laws is a problem because none of them are right. Uh, but uh, the biggest problem I was having recently was looking at the uh, concealed carry laws. Which are different, of course, for every one of the 50 states. There are some states that are completely sane, which allow you to conceal carry without any issues whatsoever. And then you have states like we have here in Illinois, where you have to go through like 18 hours of classes and get certified and, you know, go through all this stuff, which I mean, I'm not against people knowing what they're doing and people being very responsible with their firearms. So I don't necessarily have anything against a class and making sure that the people that are allowed to do some things have at least done the bare minimum to understand what they're doing but these hurdles do seem to run fully into the face of the united states constitution which seems to make it very clear although if you come to chicago you'll see there's a lot of laws about carrying guns within the city of chicago it's illegal to have any guns in the city of chicago even though the first um, you know, the, the amendment what the second amendment says you, you can have uh, the right to bear arms. So to, to be fair do? to all of the gun grabbers out there, I no, mean, don't do that. if, if you, 
<laughs> if you disengage all the logic centers of your brain, then the phrase shall not be infringed could mean literally anything you want. Well, okay, so let's start then with the Second Amendment and look at the argument that is usually thrown against the people that say what you just said. Well, you can't you can't argue this. It says it's not to be infringed. And it's the what's the wording for the purpose of a well-regulated militia is the wording that likes to get thrown in to say, well, this wasn't meant for just normal people to be having a gun like these kind of weapons. This was meant for a militia. And, you know, back then the militia was the army because we didn't really have a standing army. So they just meant that that was the army that should have this. How do you what's what's the argument against that then? Uh, Well, first of all, you slap them in the face and go get back with reality. You're an idiot. But. I, I guess that doesn't always work. Um, it, it often turns people against you. Uh, the the well regulated militia. It's it is the Second Amendment is is kind of interesting and unique. And it's one of the only passages in the Constitution that explains why it's doing it. And a lot of people have chosen to interpret that as a limiting clause. Um, <clears throat> nobody back in the day thought that it was a limiting clause. Nobody thought that this was uh, a clause that was designed to limit your rights. And in fact, the Supreme court in a case that I didn't look up, so I'm not going to tell you what it was, uh, did pretty conclusively say that the clause about the militia is an explanatory clause saying why it is important, but the prescriptive part of the second amendment is that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's the, the only part. Uh, the, the other thing to look at in context is the bill of rights. Uh, everything in the bill of rights is not a, there, there is nothing in the bill of rights that is a limitation on the public or what people can do. Every single thing in the bill of rights is a limitation on what the government can do. And trying to interpret this one clause as somehow limiting or restricting the rights of the public is an exercise in revisionist history at best. Well, also, let's go into uh, John Adams, one of the writers of this uh, amendment, has put out papers after the Bill of Rights was actually originally put out. I don't remember the exact wording on it or anything, but. Uh, are, are you had, referring to the Federalist Papers? Uh, probably. They're, they're uh, good reading. But yeah, go uh, I was actually just reading them the other day. Uh, but uh, where he described that a militia is specifically not the army and the militia is actually the state's answer against the army in case there was an issue against primary government against the states. Yeah. And so his intention behind writing this and as he explained from the from their words was uh, that the militia was specifically the common man coming together and providing their own weapons in order to create a militia so that they could stand up against the government and the standing army if such a thing was necessary. Well, just so, just like today, the the major tyranny that they were concerned about at the time was the federal government seizing power. And exercising its control. The difference between then and today is that they thought that the states still worked for the people because that's what they were made up of. And today, the people making up the states are just more of the same cloth as the people making up the federal. 
Yes. And well, and the government already seized control. And you had a just had fought a war against an oppressive government. No taxation without representation, man. And the concept was if the citizens had weapons, the government would think twice before screwing said citizens. So the concept that these weapons were never meant to be in the hands of private citizens seems to be a very simple thing to debunk. But it's something that, again, we live in an area where the mainstream media repeats the same lies over and over and over again, and people buy into them as facts and don't even go and try to do the bare minimum. The Like you said, these writings, the Federalist Papers and a lot of other uh, documents from the time of when these things were written down make it very clear, I mean, along with things like the Anchor Baby thing, because that was talked about in a previous episode of Grumpy Old Ben's. That that was never meant to give any baby born in America automatically citizenship. But these things get bastardized as the years go on to fit into a certain narrative. And you have the activist judges who will, you know, find cases in certain ways and write things. And this is how these things go down and start changing as, as things go on. But there's the interesting thing to me is when people talk about. AR-15s, one, like they're the biggest, baddest gun in the world, I laugh because they're not. The fully automatic AK-47, okay, you've got a nice, real can, machine gun there, but can, most citizens don't Can I just back up a own. moment and, and just sure. point out that uh, as somebody who used to own a boat, uh, the phrase anchor baby brings up some very disturbing imagery. Go on. Yeah. Your jokes and, just do not land. Well, they'd be more topical if you ever paused when you were talking. Oh, what? I'm sorry. Don't talk. It's not even a joke about what we're talking about. How did you deal with this guy as a kid, Tony? I don't get it. Uh, With a lot of violence. Unfortunately, most of it was directed (laughs) at me, not towards, not away from me. But the concept. Yeah, I was the big brother for most of our time. And then when he got bigger, suddenly we became a lot more civil. (laughs) When the older brother becomes the, the smaller brother, that's when the fun really starts to happen and in the same case as when we're talking about these weapons where the people today are like well the founders could have never even imagined that people would have ak-47s or ar-15s and my answer is very logical to that which is again we go back to why they thought people should have weapons which was to keep the government in check. And what kind of weapons did the government have when this started? The same damn weapons that the people did. Well, the founders also imagined and supported the people having cannons and and other heavy arms of the day. Exactly. So if the founders were alive today, they would be like, hey, you guys should have your own nukes. This is how you keep the things on a level playing field. That's not going to happen, but... When we go back to the time when, when this was written, those weapons that they imagined at that point were the same that the armies had. So they wanted the citizens to have the same kind of weapon tr- weaponry as the army. So that is a very flawed argument when people say, ah, the founders could have never imagined these kind of weapons. It's bullshit. Sure, they could. They would have actually probably want you to have more than an AR-15 because at this point, the armies of the world have you know, some very, very expensive, very cool uh, jumbo jets that can drop bombs and do all sorts of things that normal citizens can't do. So, I mean, we're already way below what you can, you know, you can't fight an army. You really can't fight the United States Army. 
with your AR-15. I'm sorry. Uh, and you're making me want a rocket launcher. Yes. And, and an old you, song. Uh, if I had a rocket launcher, some son of a bitch would pay. It was a Bruce Cockburn. It was a great song back in the 80s. That, that's another one of the arguments from that you hear all the time from gun grabbers uh, is is, well, you, you can't fight the U.S. Army. And so you might as well just lay down and give up all your guns. Which, can you open carry a rocket launcher? I mean, we know we can't do it on guns in some places, but can, can you a rocket launchers? Anybody have the law against that? I, I you cannot do it without being harassed by the police. That's the truth. <laughs> but, but you won't that? let me do a you won't let me do an episode on police overreach. So, no, no, that was the last episode where I said, you whatever you want to talk about, you talk about that. You oh, had yeah. your chance. You know, the, the episode, funny. the episode title yesterday, Tony, it came yeah. up blitzed in the chat room, came up with it was insane in the membrane. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. I feel personally attacked. I feel like I should have been there. <laughs> you could have piled on. There's no how, doubt about it. How dare I have to go to work? And what is this, this nine to five job bullshit? I know. I would never. It's that whole have to you know, raise a damn family. Yeah. Without a rocket launcher, too. I mean, what do you I do? Would, how do you live without a rocket launcher in your backyard? Well, I mean, honestly, compared to where I work in a downtown area, um, I live without a rocket launcher because you know if i had one i'd probably be shot by now <laughs> that is yeah the uh although with law enforcement i mean they've only got their maybe an ar-15 and some handguns if they come across a guy with a rocket launcher do they really want to play with him i mean probably that's kind of like which is probably <laughs> where they're going to shoot first and not bother asking <laughs> questions at, at the risk of bringing up something very topical because it's an article i just read this morning um you know, where you work might actually become a whole lot safer in, in theory and in according to the uh, the kind of people who think that the Second Amendment could mean anything other than what it means. Uh, the Tacoma City Council uh, recently passed a, a ridiculously high tax on all arms and ammunition that is uh, even the city council says that, yeah, this is pretty much designed to drive all gun sales of any kind out of the city. That makes me wonder if my favorite gun shop there in Tacoma, if it's uh, actually within the city limits, because it's got to be really close. Otherwise, they might be moving. They, <laughs> they might be the uh, yeah, the tax is something like it's twenty five dollars uh, uh, per firearm, but it's something like 10 cents per round of ammunition or something utterly ridiculous. That's that's ridiculous. Yes. I like to buy just something in hundred hundred packs. So, well, yeah. Well, that was something they were pushing. I think it was in Connecticut. I did a Random Thoughts episode. And if you're not listening to Random Thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B-Thoughts.com, where they wanted to really raise the taxes on the ammunition. And the idiot uh, Congress critter that was pushing for this was like, well, nobody needs that much ammo. And I'm like, wait a minute. You don't understand how guns work and practicing and going to the, the range to make sure that when it comes time that you actually need this weapon to defend yourself that you hit what you want to hit yeah taxing ammunition is an idiotic thing yeah if, if if you you know if you're using guns for home defense you technically only need one bullet per person breaking into your house well, but that's if you're a perfect shot if that bullet misses for any reason like you haven't ever practiced it sure is nice to have these other 500 don't you think 
Or I don't yeah. know, you miss because something like there's a ton of adrenaline going through your veins or you're freaked out or, you know, my wife is the one shooting who doesn't practice all the time. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons. There's a reason why the clip in my pistol has 15 rounds in it of hollow point. <laughs> Only 15? I, I assume I, that's for there's squirrels. There's a second clip, but. Right. Yeah. Well, which is another one of these laws. And this is the interesting thing. And really, it was when I start really getting into politics. I remember Glenn Beck, I think it was, talking about Cass Sunstein and all the things that the government was doing, not making things illegal, but just nudging you into another direction. Things like making taxes on sugary sodas really high, taxes on your weapon, you know, your uh, ammunition really high. Well, you know, you can still, we're not going to make it illegal for you to buy that can of soda, but instead of. 50 cents, it's now going to be a dollar fifty, and maybe people will buy less. And you start seeing these kind of things come in. And you ask yourself, well, okay, what's you know, is what's the real reason behind all of this? When you start taxing things, usually the government, when they start putting higher taxes, they actually want to make more money. When they really put super high taxes, then they're not really looking to make money. They're looking to keep you from doing something. And a lot of this logic is just flawed and people well, don't understand. And that's the situation with this, uh, this Tacoma law, for example, which uh, is actually patterned after Seattle law that was passed a while ago. And they managed to run just about all arms dealers out of the city there, uh, which is that the, even the city council is saying that, uh, you know, this isn't going to solve gun violence uh, and it'll only raise about 30,000 a year, which, you know, just driving away the the jobs and the extra sales tax revenue you're going to lose more than that so it is pure virtue signaling and nothing else it yeah, is it's absolutely ridiculous i yeah. the, you know the gun shop that i actually visit the most is in unincorporated areas and it's not even in the same county uh it's in the middle of the woods where i live and that's only a half hour drive from city of tacoma yeah, yeah. people are willing to drive a half hour to get cheap ammunition and guns <laughs> Well, okay. So let me read the quote from uh, the the city council member Ryan Mello, who uh, was the person who did the press conference after the city council made this bold movement. Uh, he said, uh, uh, "There's federal and state preemption in what we can and cannot do related to common sense gun reform." Mello said at Tuesday's meeting. So while we watch year in and year out with with federal inaction. I am very sincere and serious when I say we need to be having these conversations and take leadership at the local level. Uh, the article in the Tribune went on to say that he is hoping that other nearby jurisdictions will follow their lead and that basically everywhere will ban guns at the locally. Uh, and on that topic, I just wanted to read you one other thing. And let me tell you, let, let me ask uh, uh, ahead. Uh, how much wiggle room you see in in this particular the here's here's the passage uh the state of washington hereby fully occupies and preempts the entire field of firearms regulation within the boundaries of the state including registration licensing possession purchase sale acquisition transfer discharge and transportation of firearms or any other element relating to firearms or parts thereof including ammunition and reloader components so that is actually a state law. That is the state law that makes this Tacoma law illegal. But because our Supreme Court is political, 
the Supreme Court has said, oh, well, that obviously doesn't apply to taxes, despite the fact that it actually <laughs> says sales and taxes in the. But, but apparently the state Supreme Court no longer bothers reading the fucking law before they decide that, oh, yeah, cities can totally put all the shops out of business. Yeah, it's it's totally a valid end run around the laws that well around the second amendment so as just a side note on this i absolutely disagree with this law but hey you but the, the, the state preemption in, but you are the one that is encouraging localities to take things into their own hands i remember this on a previous podcast oh, i do and but but I that. also i also am and this is something that's happened on this podcast many times is i am I am strongly lamenting the tendency for uh, bureaucrats and uh, self-made leftist dictators who seem to have overrun the state, who whenever they find a law that they find to be inconvenient or in the way, nobody is bothering to abolish the law or change it they're just ignoring it and pretending it like it doesn't exist this happens on the federal level obama did it all the freaking time and then he set the precedent so now fucking trump is doing it and they do it on the local level now uh you know whenever whenever somebody in again i I, i'm totally immersed in washington politics on this whenever somebody in the state of washington decides that you know does something wrong they're supposed to have the state attorney general go after it. And the attorney general in the state of Washington is a guy by the name of Bob Ferguson, who is the largest amygdala, uh, most power hungry, virtue signaling piece of shit douchebag who doesn't bother doing his job as attorney general. He doesn't follow the law. He doesn't even read the goddamn law. He just goes out and uses his platform to virtue signal about whatever leftist crap bullshit thing that he's made me so mad I'm incomprehensible. Well, that happens a lot. Yeah, that's nothing new. (laughs) But one of the things, the first thing you read, there's the dog whistle in there are the two words that seem to show up all the time now when the people that want to take your gun rights away start talking about what they want to do. And that is the words that sound so innocuous. They sound so happy and warm and safe, which is common sense gun laws. Don't we all just want common sense laws? And if these people were using either sense or anything common, maybe. Well, what well, I don't get I'm worried is one common. Well, yeah, well, one people talk about. No, I mean, you, everybody who's following the gun law debates knows somebody that said nobody needs semi-automatic weapons, to which I would answer, you do realize that the six shooter pistols they had back in the 1800s technically are semi-automatic weapons, right? I mean, this and, and nobody uses those anymore. <laughs> you could. Some people do. I've been to the range when people had some six shooters or some of them even seven shooters now. Of course, some of the smaller ones are like five shooters, which are kind of cute, too. But uh, that was you know, one of my points I was getting to way back that never quite got to was these laws now that are coming out with magazine capacity. Like this is this is a common sense gun law. Nobody needs those 15 rounds, Tony, that you have. I mean, there's states. I think California is a 10. I know they were pushing for that here in the state of Illinois, which you know kind of makes me question. You know, I just legally bought 
a Sig Sauer that has clips that have 17 rounds in them. So what's going to happen? You're going to be a felon immediately if they pass a law for holding a little piece of metal that the the uh, the bullets go into. And it doesn't make any sense to me when, as you said, Tony, you've got the other clip that the amount in the magazine are tr- really, it's truly an irrelevant thing to 99.9% of the people because you understand it doesn't matter if you have 10 bullets in there, 15 or 20. The fact is you can eject a magazine and put a new one in. People that have practiced and people that are good at this can do it in under a second. So if you've practiced, but if they make ammunition so expensive, you can't practice. And with still practice ejecting the magazine and putting it in with a double action pistol, you don't even have to re-rack the the gun. So what is the reason for the. You know, what's the reason then? What what is the common sense? Well, the, what are we the, fixing with the common sense saying we we're gonna limit that to ten? So this has nothing to do with what, what you would think of as common sense, but the reason why uh they attack it through taxes on ammunition and magazine size limits is because of that pesky thing called the Second Amendment, which says you cannot out and out ban a gun. Therefore, If you want to ban all guns, which is guaranteed the end result of 60% of the politicians out there, uh, they want to ban all guns because they think somehow that will make us safer. Uh, That's another point we can talk about. Uh, But this silly little thing called the Second Amendment is getting in the way and preventing them from doing what they want to do. So the the magazine size limits, the, the limits on what you can do, the limits on, Oh, well, you know, if this looks like a scary assault rifle, then you can't have it. Uh, those are all ways of chipping away at your ability to own a firearm without attempting to try to not anger the courts into getting your law revoked on a second amendment grounds. And they're dragging the Overton window with them. Well, I mean, well, that yeah, started it, all the way back. Uh, what was it? Uh, United States versus Miller in 39. Um, when they actually decided that certain types of guns can be illegal. And this is something the more I dove into this, this thing drove me more and more nuts. Uh, the example that was specifically stated in the, in the court case was uh, that no one has a reason to carry a sawed off shotgun. And that and if if you listen to our last show, that that is an example of what I referred to as an argument from lack of imagination. Yeah, I I agree entirely. First off, uh, a short barrel shotgun is an amazing home defense weapon, um, something that you don't have to swing around. And uh, as I looked over all this, uh, the definition of a sawed off shotgun is a shotgun with a barrel less than 18 inches. So then, of course. I kind of went, okay, if a sawed-off shotgun is illegal, then how do you have guns like the governor and the judge, which is a 410 shotgun with a three-inch barrel? Well, because guns aren't legal or aren't illegal federally. Uh, oh, so no, this was a federal it, case. Oh, was it? Yeah. Wait, was, it a, they, was it a state law that got promoted to federal, or was it? This was the United States versus Miller. This was in, seen in federal court. Now- it then got uh, adjusted later in uh, what was it 2008 i think it was in mcdonald versus city of chicago but um but the united states versus always miller, chicago 
<laughs> it is always Chicago, but uh, but in United States versus Miller, that's when they state that's when uh, federal judges said that uh, that you can limit federally and by state what kind of weapons you can have. And sawed off shotgun was the example they gave. So shotguns with a barrel less than 18 inches. And I looked up, you know, why is Taurus making the judge and why is Smith and Wesson making the governor if it's illegal? And the definition is because those guns also have the ability to shoot a 45 and they also have rifling. It means they're not qualified as a shotgun, though they are specifically designed to fire 410 shotgun shells. So they're they're smoothbore pistols. They're slightly uh, rifled pistols is what they are. Well, you put enough lead shot through there. They won't be rifled for long. Exactly. But it's a way to get around the law, then, is what you're saying is that, well, which is the problem with so many laws in the United States is that they are uh, so long. So uh, the people, the blowhards that write them, there's so much verbiage in there that understanding them, uh, they they get to the point where they're not usually all that uh, easy to understand. And they're probably not all that common sense. And you add all these other things in, and what you have is a a big mess. Because I'm surprised. I mean, it's 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 thinking back on when sawed off shotguns were the problem. It's like I would have thought going back into the 30s, you'd have had like you know Tommy guns and stuff like that, where people were afraid of. But uh, you know, well, now it's the AR-15. The, and my favorite thing about the whole concept of sawed off shotgun being illegal as of 1939. What didn't I say? 39. That's uh blows me away because sawed off shotgun was one of the favorite. Uh, trench weapons for the military in World War One and Two. So, I think that the Supreme Court probably got it wrong in Miller, and that's really unfortunate. But the one thing that I will give them is that back then they at least went through the proper channels. They passed a law, they got the law sent to the courts, and then the courts ruled on it. If only we could start getting that today. Instead, we have I I, I got to go back to the point of why all of these bureaucrats who aren't who are really, really annoyed that they can't just rule their dictatorship the way they want are just ignoring laws left and right. Uh, you know, if if the true majority of this company or country really thinks that the Second Amendment is bad and needs to be repealed let's start the process for repealing that there is a process it's legal it can happen i would vote against it guaranteed i don't like the idea but that at least is is the proper way to do it if we're just going to start ignoring laws whenever they're not important and then having the courts complacent and saying yep this law isn't really here we're just not going to think about then we're two steps from anarchy already. And in that case, maybe it is time for another revolution. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is going along the lines of so many things, including immigration and all this, where laws are being ignored. We want to enforce some and not the others, but we've been talking a lot about federal laws and state laws and all of that. And then we have within the state laws, obviously we have County laws and we have city laws. Now, under my understanding, the federal law should trump everything. So the fact that we have the Second Amendment that says the government can't restrict your right to bear arms, can states or can municipalities, whether it's counties, cities, can they even legally do 
what Chicago's doing. And I know this has gone back and forth through the courts. I don't think there's ever been a final decision because Chicago, so, so, again, it's illegal to have any gun in this in the city of Chicago, technically I, I, in the I city have an answer boundaries. For this. Okay. Uh well, okay. There is not a federal law regarding any of the firearms. In fact, uh there's a lot of politicians, especially in the uh increasingly uh disperse and idiotic and obsolete democratic presidential slate right uh, so you can who, make no law that restricts those well, okay if the federal uh, yeah, government uh, can't uh, make a law uh, uh, under that, the that assumption means the states that, can't under the assumption that all of congress has completely forgotten that the second amendment exists which we have plenty of evidence that that's true um there's still not a federal gun law that restricts guns uh and the Tenth Amendment very clearly states uh, that whenever there's not a federal law, then the states get to do it, which is why uh, the state of Washington, which has in, in its constitution, the state of Washington says uh, all gun regulations anywhere in the state of Washington will be uh, regarding firearms will be made at the state level. Cities and counties are not allowed to regulate guns in any way, shape, or form. That is what the state constitution says. And that's why this Tacoma thing is illegal in my opinion. But of course, you know, that doesn't matter when your government just does whatever the, they feel. Um, if the state of Illinois has a similar restriction or, or rule, then it would not be legal for the city of Chicago to do what they're doing. I suspect that the state of Illinois does not uh, preempt gun laws in all the cities. And like I said, it, it, the way that the system works in the U.S. is anywhere that there's not a law at the larger level, then the laws fall down to the lower level to make. By the way, uh, the case of McDonald versus Chicago in 2010 did repeal the Chicago handgun ban for ownership. It didn't actually stop people or uh didn't change the laws about carrying. Well, gun laws never prevent people from carrying guns. They'll just do so <laughs> illegal. Clearly. But uh, but it did actually. The handgun ban in Chicago uh, was repealed in 2010 with the McDonald versus city of Chicago case. Well, of course, using a gun. And I know there have been cases, and I think some since 2010, of homeowners that shoot people that break into their home have been charged. So it's. It is really a it's really a screwed up situation. There's no doubt about yes. it. Because there's nothing better when somebody breaks into your house and you're like, OK, I'm in danger. My family's in danger. I shoot the perpetrator that's broken into my home and now I'm going to get charged with a gun crime. So, hey, that's well, uh, Chicago the, for you. The way some of these cities are working now, uh, the, the cops will come. You get broke. You get your house broken into. The cops will come and arrest you for how dare you limit your access to your home and your resources to these poor homeless people who just wanted to get a you know clothing and a food and a roof and and all of your valuables and and then you know get their citizenship after crossing the border illegally. I'm sorry. Am I? No. Totally. No, that's not quite happening yet. I mean, it might. It, it, at it some is point. in some left coast cities. Really? Uh, so there's been fact, a case where I've somebody's got, broken into somebody's house and then the homeowner was <laughs> arrested for not allowing them in. Where's show me uh, that uh, well, case. There, there like was a that. case. There was a case in Tacoma about 10 years ago. I think I've mentioned it on this show where uh, somebody broke into a dude's garage, uh, stole their car and the guy shot and killed him 
because you know in in general if if your car gets stolen in one of these left coast cities it's gone i'm sorry you're fucked there's no recourse it you just you're sorry no car for you because the cops will not fucking do anything about vehicle theft so this guy the dude is leaving and the guy shoots and kills the person who is driving away in his car and he ended up going to jail for 12 years for manslaughter because the dude had managed to get the car out of the driveway and therefore the shooting it no longer fall to, fell under the castle doctrine it was in the public street well that would also seem to make sense but you know again like, i understand we're talking sending theft. the victim to if... jail for 12 years makes sense yeah killing somebody for stealing something yeah i don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole, but if somebody was just stealing a car and the person that shot him was in no danger whatsoever, was just pissed that the guy was stealing his car, then yeah, I mean, I well, can kind of see that. I, I don't think that any crime warrants the death penalty, uh, is even not even theft, but at the same time, uh, once you have willingly chosen natural light, natural right doctrine says that once you have willingly chosen to infringe the rights of another person then yours are forfeit and but that's also nothing along I don't, the lines I don't think of that, what you originally said which I people can come into your house and then you'll be arrested for not allowing them to stay so well, no no i, mean, I haven't i haven't even talked bit. about initiative 1639 that recently passed in washington go ahead what is 1639 uh oh oh where to start uh this is a this is an initiative that passed last november about a year ago in the state of Washington, uh, it does the following. Uh, it raises the minimum age for buying all guns from 18 to 21. Um, it requires that you have mandatory government training in order to own a firearm, uh, in order to purchase a firearm. You have to have had your mandatory government training within five years. Uh, in order to purchase a firearm, you must, uh, even for for private sales, you must be checked against criminal database. Eh, that, that might not. But be this horrible. is a lefty. Um, this is a lefty state. Why are they raising the, the age? I thought the children are going to save us. The oh, children on, are the I'm, ones I'm, that should make the. Uh, I'm not done here. The laws. Okay. Uh, every seller, even if it's a private sale, must ask the local sheriff's permission in order to sell the gun. Uh, every registered owner of a firearm must be annually rechecked. Uh, have an annual background check. Um, it increases the fee uh, greatly. It increases the waiting period to 30 days. And here's the fun part. Uh, it requires that all firearms in the state be locked in a gun safe uh, at all times when they're in storage. And the penalty for that is if somebody comes in, steals your gun, leaves, and then goes and commits a crime for it, you are now liable for that crime. But what if it was in a gun safe? It, it, then they shouldn't have been able to steal it. <laughs> but if they, what if they're good at getting into safes? I mean, that so, makes no sense. The other law that makes absolutely zero sense so in there again, is that again, keeping it in a safe at all times, because for home defense, I hate to tell you, if somebody breaks into your house, the last thing you want to do is have to go over to your safe in whichever room that's in. And I mean, I understand some of these things are pretty quick now with fingerprint readers, which you probably shouldn't use, but that added time that you have to take to go get the weapon out of the safe is probably going to cost you your life. When seconds count. The police are just minutes away. Yes. When seconds count, I count my bullets instead. <laughs> so 
this, yeah, this, this particular initiative, uh, you know, here's, here's some fun things about it. Uh, the, uh, the initiative was funded almost entirely by a couple billionaires. It is actual proof that if you have enough money, you can buy your own legislature. Uh, thank you, Paul Allen. Um, yeah, he, he, he didn't even live long enough to see it go, but he was one of the main funders. Um, but yeah, it's purchased legislation. Um, there was, uh, it, it was put on the ballot illegally, uh, because the, uh, wording that was used while gathering signatures was n- had nothing to do with the final wording of the law. Um, the uh, the people who were against the law sued, and the state supreme court said, "Yeah, well, we acknowledge that it was misleading, but it got enough signatures anyway, so it can go in the ballot." So, uh, supreme court <laughs> totally corrupt. Um, uh, another fun thing: um, have, have you ever heard a name the name Tim Iman? If you're in no. Washington, you've heard that name. Uh, oh, he, yeah. he has been the sponsor of a string of initiatives going back to like 1993. Uh, the vast majority of his initiatives are trying to lower the taxes. And the one crusade that he has been the windmills he's been tilting at for more than 25 years is uh, car tab taxes. He is the guy who has been putting an initiative up all the time that said, Car registration is too damned expensive because, for example, uh, when I go register my 19 year old Buick, um, they're still charging me like seventy five, eighty dollars a year just to get car tabs. You know, welcome to living in the city, Ryan. I uh, my tabs for my 2016 Honda is like 60. The government needs to make their money. Apparently, you gotta give the them their fair share. Government needs to make their money. <laughs> well, yes. You know, but this, the whole thing is a, uh, is really an argument that goes nowhere because in the utopia that the, the people that are fighting against gun ownership want there, if we could just, let's just imagine right now, we were able to wave a magic wand and remove all guns from the United States of America and the planet. I mean, let's just get them all off the planet. All guns are gone. Let's forget for a minute that people have the ability to make guns themselves. I mean, let's forget about the fact that there are CNC machines that people can use to make actual guns. Let's forget about the fact that there are uh, 3D printers, which I know most 3D printed guns, you can only get like two shots off before they melt, but the technology is getting better and better. Let's forget about the fact that any of this technology exists and let's pretend that we can get rid of all of the guns and let's I, pretend that nobody could even make guns. I, I, are we there? Are we in that dimension? No, no, actually, I want to put aside your workability argument for a moment because it's a really good one, but I definitely have to finish my argument about 1639. I'm sorry. Oh, you're still going. I mean, there was some silence. You there there was some silence because I'm an idiot and don't know how to use the mute button, but go on. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No. uh, Okay. So I I just wanted to finish up with uh, the the car tab tax. Uh, The reason why uh, this guy has done the car tab over and over and over again is because every single time that he gets something passed by you know, popularly passed uh, the people who want higher taxes, the establishment uh, will run fl- screaming to the Supreme court and shoot it down on some technicality or another. And the big one, like the first initiative that he ever did was uh, it 
it was an initiative relating to car tabs. This initiative will uh, reduce car tabs to $30 and car tab taxes must be used in such and such fund. And they got that initiative shot down because there's a rule that says all initiatives must have only a single subject. And apparently limiting the tax and saying what you can do with it are two separate subjects and should have been two initiatives. So we have a long history in this state of initiatives that the establishment doesn't like being shot down because they cover too many subjects. So now this purchased one comes along and it has like 17 things that it does uh, that limit firearms in one way or another. And the Supreme Court just let them go. That's probably what infuriated me the most about this one. Oh, oh, uh, the other fun thing that 1639 does, uh, all semi-automatic rifles are now classified as assault rifles. Uh, That was just a classification thing in the law. But it was amazing that Sideshow Bob Ferguson, our attorney general, then immediately (laughs) started pushing for an assault rifle ban in the state of Washington. Okay, before we get into the no gun utopia, what is the difference between a non-assault rifle and an assault rifle? Uh, In the state of Washington, an assault rifle is anything that is a semi-automatic. So all pretty much rifles, because I don't, is anybody still using the old, uh, I I think a bolt action is okay. 1700 cap and uh or those cap and ball what you just uh you know you take the thing you, you put the wad in you put some gunpowder in you put the ball in uh is anybody still using those i don't think probably not the well, according to the washington state law my 30-06 is still not an assault rifle because it's bolt action interesting yeah interesting but, um, but if you want to talk about what the but my ruger 1022 is an assault rifle yes ryan's ruger 1022 a 22 lr that has about a tenth of the stopping power of my uh of my uh 30-06 is an assault rifle which also shows you the lunacy of these laws and unfortunately i think most of the people making these laws have no actual knowledge of firearms because if they did they would understand what fools they really look like with these with these laws that are, are pretty meaningless i mean when you call something an assault rifle i don't really understand the semi-automatic thing again a six shooter is a semi-automatic weapon so that should also be an assault you know gun there i mean what's you can still kill somebody really easily with a pistol than as you could with a with a rifle and i would think i'm surprised pistols aren't used more in these shootings because they're easier to conceal and get them into places they are just don't hear about them i i mean if if you ignore the the shrill shrieking of the mainstream media and look at actual statistics on uh, who gets shot where uh, something like 93% of all shootings everywhere in the U S are caused by pistols. But of course, you know, we've got Beto out there in Texas who I don't even get how he hasn't been run out of Texas yet, who is saying, you know, you know, the big, the worst thing that's a, attacking our country today is ar-15s we're going to make them go away and what's the reason for that is it just that they look scary if you put if you when if you put a handgun out there people go well that doesn't seem that scary i mean that's just a handgun i mean it doesn't make sense heard an interesting statistic talking about assault weapons because a lot of i actually was looking into this a lot of states have definitions of assault weapon not assault rifle and uh one of the definitions 
is uh, any uh, semi-automatic pistol that has threading on the end in order to uh, be able to handle a suppressor, a silencer, or flash hider, or anything like that. And I'm sitting here going, so wait, if I go and spend, you know, what, 50 bucks for a new floating barrel for my uh, Ruger P85 uh, that has the threaded barrel so that I can put a silencer on it so that I could go shoot in the woods, you know, which is completely legal where I live, go shoot in the woods without having to wear ear protection. All of a sudden now I have an assault weapon. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, again, these are laws that make sense. No, no, they're not. No, they definitely don't make sense. No, what they are is they are. No, the I, I need to correct you. I need to fact check you. These laws do not make sense. They are common sense laws. That was sarc. That was sarcasm in case you missed it. Oh, oh, by the way, it's uh, so hard to tell with you. The U.S. Army, which I feel like is a decent source for this. The U.S. Army defines an assault rifle as a short, compact, selective fire weapon that fires a cartridge intermediate in power between submachine gun and rifle cartridges. By two different definitions, Ryan's 1022 doesn't fall in that. How about by stopping power, which is if somebody if whatever's charging at me is any larger than a particularly vicious squirrel, this thing is not going to be all that effective. I mean, have you been charged by vicious squirrels? Yes. Actually, I've, I had I've a, heard that story. I had a bird fly into my window while I was asleep. Told that one. <laughs> about well, the was, inside of the house. That's the that's the that's the kicker, though. The bird was inside the house, not outside, which makes it a completely better story. I was yeah. thinking about the one where you had to extract a squirrel from a uh, box and get it outside. That oh, was we got a great picture about. of that one. Yeah, you did. And that picture probably won't be in the show notes unless Dame Bemrose digs it up somewhere. (laughs) Give her some work. Tell her to get that out there. People want to see it. We'll put it on grumpyoldbens.com. But let's pretend that this utopia exists with no guns. Then nobody gets killed, right? Nobody gets murdered. There are no more mass shootings. Uh, Is that the concept? I mean, that is the theory. Uh, We can can test that theory uh, because... Uh, let's see, we could go somewhere like uh, Australia, where I believe guns are not allowed and therefore they don't exist. Um, they have I, guns in Australia. I mean, they even have guns in the UK, which is the intriguing thing when you look at yeah, this. There's London, no place that really has no guns. Well, no, London, there's no guns allowed in London. And no, five people shootings a day in London. get stabbed. It was in the last year. No, there's still been shootings in London, too. No, but, but there's no guns. I mean, there can't be shootings. <laughs> But there was. Go look I, it up. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Was that sarcasm too thick again? Or we're having some problems with that on this show. <laughs> let's go. I mean, let's take it closer to home. You can't carry a gun in Chicago. Right. Well, unless yeah, so there's there no shootings in Chicago, right? Right. I mean, the what you find at HeyJackass.com are completely not real statistics about how many people are getting shot. Yeah, it has to be because the gun laws are there. Which is the, we'll get into that in a second. The, with that utopia, like you said, in the UK, the stabbings got so bad, they're starting to limit the purchase of knives. I mean, that's great. Uh, I think you can make stabby things on your own if you have some wood and a knife and you know how to whittle, but let's forget about that for a minute. When I look at the, because everybody, the mass shootings are the things that make the news the school shootings and stuff like that. You mean mean mass shootings are the news stories that are manufactured all the time? Well, they're the ones that they, that are running nonstop when these things happen. 
the the reality the, the is phrase, you can look up the statistics. The phrase is, mass, shooting less mass has, shootings. The phrase mass shooting has become exactly as watered down as the phrase assault rifle. You, you're going to have to yeah. work with definitions before we can pull out any stats on that. But I also don't understand why these people that want to commit, unless they want to die, uh, that want to commit mass carnage in something like a school or wherever you're doing this, why they want to be the ones to go in with a gun and shoot people when you could do way more damage with bombs that can be set and you could get the hell out of the area. So I don't understand this utopia of, well, if there's no guns, this will never happen. There will still be bombs, and people that uh, have lived in Ireland know this really well because bombs were used uh, a lot in the 70s and 80s and 90s with the troubles in Ireland. Disclaimer, Grumpy Old Benz does not condone mass bombings. No, I'm just saying that the ability to do this is there. And now you have drones. You could like drive your bomb in the sky, and you could drop it on whoever you want, or you could drop it into a populated area. Yeah, kind of. And if, if you, okay, so let's pretend that we get rid of everything that can make bombs, which means we're going to have really, the farmers are going to be upset again because fertilizer can make bombs and all of this other kind of stuff. But the reality is you I can, can make bombs with home cleaning supplies. Well, clearly that's going to have to be illegal. I, I, I haven't <laughs> yet, but I have seriously considered it just for fun. But you can write. So okay, home cleaning you're supplies, so I guess they're going to have to be, you're going to have to get rid of them too. Uh, there have been times in the recent history where people in vehicles have rammed into large crowds and c- caused mass deaths. So I guess, again, you have to get rid of vehicles, too, because they can cause all these problems. When you start looking at guns from the way of, well, it'll be a utopia. This All this stuff will exist if we just get rid of the guns. You have to look at the logic and go, well, OK, let's just pretend you can get rid of the guns. Getting rid of the guns does not take away the fact that there are human beings that want to commit carnage and kill each other. So how do we do that, Tony? Take away the humans. Right. We've had this conversation. <laughs> it seems to it, be the answer for everything. Out of this utopia and everything's perfect. You know, and that is that is about the only way you can do it, because the weapon doesn't really matter. I don't think people care about how their family members died. I mean, if somebody in my family is shot, that is pretty much the same to me, you know, again, if they're killed, that if they were run over by a car, if they were, you know, in an area that was bombed, there's a lot of ways if they were poisoned, it doesn't really matter to me how somebody was killed. It's just the thing that it happened. And there's ways to commit, I mean, poison. I mean, come on, that is like way easier than going into a school and shooting it up and killing like 17 people because most of these school I'm, shootings i'm not entirely you know, comfortable like with you 15, throwing out 25 all, yeah well then just shut up you, but if you can like go all these the ways to mass kill people like, you can like point well it's it's obvious stuff i mean you could go poison a school way easier but that's never happened and we never have anybody saying well we have to get we got to get rid of that drain we got to rid of that antifreeze you know, it just it takes the logic of why people are against guns and throws it out the window. Do you not see that? Darren, quit giving away yeah. all my secrets. I know. <laughs> These are my I methods. Mean, yeah. You know, you don't need guns to be a bad person. You don't need guns to commit mass carnage. You don't. This concept that if we just get rid of guns, people will be nice to each other. Have you looked at the gosh darn yeah. Internet lately? If you look I, at Ryan, you can see that you only need to have a little brother to be a bad person. 
<laughs> I, I'm feeling yes. personally attacked here. Yes. Yeah, you should okay. actually. I, there are. What's the intent? There, there are going to be terrible people in every population. It's, it's just a fact that you know. To no matter what you think, there are two important things about any demographic, which which is one of the reasons why. You know, the first is the reason why your utopia won't fucking work as soon as you add humans is that some humans are total douchebags. The other thing to be aware of is that there are a lot more people who are not douchebags than there are people who are douchebags, uh, you know, assuming that we're not trying to indoctrinate them into uh, brainwashed. But, but I, even even the people who have been completely convinced of wrongheaded thinking. Uh, are still not necessarily bad people and they're probably not going to go out and attack each other. But the real problem with removing all weapons from a particular area is that the people, I I mean, it's, it's the standard gun trope that people who want to kill each other will find a way if they don't have guns, they'll pick some other way. Well, look at populations in prisons. I mean, they don't have any kind of weapons. They still kill each other. And the way that you prevent that from happening is not to have armed police, because as as we pointed out a couple times, you know, the, the police are minutes away from anywhere, and that doesn't help you much when seconds count. So the only possible way, because police, I mean, first of all, our society cannot fund uh making 50% of the population police, never mind that there's no possible way you could prevent some of those from being the same douchebags you're trying to prevent or keep out. The only way to do it though, is you have to parallelize this. You have to make it so that every single situation where somebody comes out and decides to try to hurt other people, that there are good people nearby with the means to prevent that from happening. And my favorite gun statistic ever, which is extremely hard to measure, is how many potential quote unquote mass shootings have been prevented because there was somebody armed nearby who either diffused the situation, which is the best scenario, although it's real hard to come up with sensational statistics on that, or shot the motherfucker dead before he got a chance to hose down a crowd that happens. There's stories that come out of, of this happening, but they don't make the mainstream media because they don't push the agenda that, Oh my God, we're constantly being killed. So the people that are trying to take away the guns, the people on the left at this point in the United States, I believe the, the official term is gun grabbers. So the gun grabbers, what is their, they have to be smart enough to understand these statistics. So what is the real reason? If you start going down that rabbit hole, what is the reason they want to grab the guns? Is it strictly going back to we're trying to take over this country? Are they really trying to put socialism in? Are they trying to make this a communist country? What is the point? Because I don't believe that most of these people really think this is going to prevent it murders it depends on who they are uh if you are talking about the high level politicians and bureaucrats um i don't think i'm going out of my way to ascribe uh the 
that these people just want to gather more power. Um, if you want to be a dictator, it is extremely hard to be a, a fascist authoritarian dictator over an armed populace. They just don't put up with that bullshit. Uh, they and and you know eventually they're going to come and storm your castle and uh, you know it's why uh, uh, why oh, yeah. why did why did the first thing that Hitler ever did was to disarm the population. Uh, which is one thing I'm really confused with the left. They're yelling, Trump is a fascist. Please take our guns. Trump is yeah. a fascist. Please take our so, guns. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. So if you are a, if you are a, a politician or a wannabe dictator who believes that your way is right and it, everything will be fine as long as everybody just shuts up and does what you say, then you need political power to do that. And you need the threat of force to do that. And the only way that you can do that is by taking that power and taking uh, rights away from the population. So I, I don't think it's too out of, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that there's a lot of people out there, especially the kind of people who run for president of the United States, who genuinely want to acquire political power by disarming Americans and making them docile. Now that doesn't explain the, the 60% of the state of Washington, which really is all of King County voting for and most of the rest of the state voting against who thought that this initiative 1639 was a good idea. Uh, the explanation for why those people think that all guns should be taken away uh, is basically a combination of misinformation and fear, uh, fear mostly, but both of those are being driven by the mainstream media, by media who has an agenda by media who takes, uh, every single time anywhere in the entire world that, uh, or at least the entire country that a firearm is discharged. They immediately call it a mass shooting and devote an hour to how this is horrible and how if only guns were banned that that this could suddenly somehow have been prevented and they use misinformation and they stoke fear and they get the population so scared of anything to do with guns that when it comes down to something on the ballot that says, hey, do you want to take guns away from everything because we claim that that'll make people safer? then the rational parts of their brain have never engaged. They don't practice. We don't teach critical thinking in schools. All we're doing is saying, Hey, do you have a knee jerk reaction that makes you afraid of guns? Check here to try to feel better about yourself. Well, and the thing that's interesting about the coverage, and I know you don't like to look at everything and go way down the rabbit hole of looking at everything in a racial manner. The gun control concept, I think kind of falls into that for a few important reasons. One is, as we've mentioned, Chicago, hey, jackass.com, go look at the statistics, is never mentioned on the mainstream media because it's a majority of black kids shooting other black kids. You know, that's the majority of what's going on in Chicago. The There was a mass shooting. I think it was in Louisiana maybe a month or two ago at a high school football game, I think it was where five or six kids got shot. I don't think anybody died, so maybe the kid wasn't a good shot. Never made the mainstream media, and the reason seems pretty simple to me because, again, it was a black shooter 
if you look at all of these stories that have made the news, these the Columbines down to what happened at the Garlic Festival in California to what recently happened, and you know, we'll even look look at Christchurch. All of the stories have any have one of these mass shootings that have been covered ever had a black shooter? I'm curious because I can't think of one. I can't think of one either. I, of course, I really try not to subscribe to watching the news. Uh, <laughs> good good like policy. That. It is helpful, but it's it's an interesting thing to look at because I would think with the violence that goes on in Chicago on a regular weekend, and I understand this isn't in one little place happening like you get with a school shooting or something like that but there's mass carnage on any average weekend in chicago especially during the summer and it's not national news and i don't understand why because if you're against guns i would think this would be a place you'd want to be talking about except for the fact that chicago already has some of the most stringent gun laws in the country so this is maybe again where the logic starts coming down on the left and they don't want to admit the fact that gun laws do not stop gun crime because well, guess what fatigue criminals don't follow the law fatigue i mean people are get tired of hearing it and when you hear oh there was a mass shooting oh where at no the whole city of chicago right yeah, that's, <laughs> it's just that's a mass shooting mass. site <laughs> you know there wasn't a one person one gunner killed 12 people no there was you know 15 gunners killed 12 people but it still was 12 people killed all in the city of chicago and shouldn't that be worse when there are more shooters i mean one guy getting a bunch of people is the you know more of a rarity it seems but the massive amounts of crime going on if you were serious about stopping the gun crime you would have to look at this as a place to um, as Ryan says, the great thing about having 50 different states that can have 50 different sets of laws, it's the ultimate Petri dish. It's the ultimate testing ground to see what works. It's the and scientific we see in Chicago. Method. Yeah, we see in Chicago the very strict gun laws doing nothing to stop the gun crime because the people committing the crime don't care about the laws. And it's it's infuriating to me, really, because if you ever get into one of these conversations and again, it's usually I know we're getting a little bit into the, you know, putting people into a cubbyhole, but it's usually the leftists that you get into the conversation with where they're going against the guns and you'll mention Chicago and they'll just kind of roll their eyes. And I'll usually ask the question then of somebody, which is, well, then do you support the death penalty for gun related crimes? And they immediately say, no, well, <laughs> where is the, where, how are you stopping people from committing crimes? If you want to start taking off the most harsh punishments, that doesn't make sense to me either. Well, that's because it, it makes far more sense. If you are a compassionate soul to uh, decide to remove somebody from society by putting them into a place where they're going to cost a ridiculous amount of money for their entire natural life and also not be able to do anything and may as well be dead. But Hey, you know, at least we got the, the conscience boost of we didn't kill anyone. And we've also taken this bad person out of society. That's the life in prison. Yeah. But okay. So let's just understand that. I mean, Tony, you've got kids. So when you're, if they're being really bad, what's the punishment? What scares the kids these days? Life in prison. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think he's doing kids. that to his kids. 
But I mean, I got my kids are little, and uh, all I can say is that I scare my kids. Uh, <laughs> you are the enforcer. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I can't even tell you how many times my wife has uh, said, you know, when my older daughter is mouthing off to her, just look at her and said, "Do I need to go get daddy?" Oh, that's a threat. Yeah, they, in the chat room, taking away their smartphone and turning off the Wi-Fi are being suggested as how kids today are, are harshly punished. That's, you know, wow. That is a harsh. Maybe someday that is it, but uh, I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old, and uh, they don't have a smartphone. They don't have access to Wi-Fi unless we decide to give that to them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you asked what, what scares your, your daughters, and, and I was thinking of the, uh, the period during which uh, Every single time that Uncle Ryan came over, uh, she would run screaming. <laughs> that, well, that's what most people do when I you come over, isn't it? Bad about that. It, Just I, a I mean, I, no, I mean, don't don't feel too bad because that happens to me on the street all the time. <laughs> yeah, but it's not your own family. Okay, actually, Mom does that too. Never mind. <laughs> it's the typical Bemrose reaction. But there is when growing up, I mean, I remember up until the point that it didn't work any longer, my mom, all she had to do if I was being a dick would be to open up the drawer in the kitchen and pull out the wooden spoon. And I knew at that point, stop or run. And that worked for years. It never even had yes. to get hit. You just the proud tradition, <laughs> the proud tradition of <laughs> intimidation through fear. Yes, it. but it worked. And that's when you're talking about criminals, I mean, you need to have that threat of something bad happening for your bad behavior. If not, I mean, the day I'm sure my mom didn't appreciate the day when she pulled out the wooden spoon and I just stood there like, all right, what do you got? You know, I mean, <laughs> it's like, okay, so if this is happening, let's just get it over with. <laughs> right, oh, man. The day that my dad realized he couldn't intimidate Ryan and I anymore. It was a fun day would, in the Bemrose household. The one when I pushed him down the stairs. Uh, well, that was the start of it. And, uh, the end of it was about, I don't know what a month or two later when he watched you and me and get in a fist fight and he beat you. And then he had that dawning look of wait, Ryan can beat me up and Tony can beat Ryan up. <laughs> well, I, I got to admit that, that just that's where Tony became just the enforcer. judging solely by uh, the, the example of, uh, when, you know, when I was the big brother, for most of those years, uh, I could, and you know, I'm, I'm only taking this as an allegory to, uh, criminal politics. Uh, when I was the big brother, I could do anything that I wanted because I had more force, but the moment right. you were that the my, sheriff, you were the judge, the moment that my younger brother became bigger than me, suddenly our relationship became a lot more civil. Yeah. And I think because I'm the reasonable one and I, if, you're a redneck. <laughs> I think we can extrapolate that to uh, to the a, anywhere that you have uh, you know a, a populace that when when you have uh, obvious asymmetric power, uh, whether that be uh, you know a, a military force versus another a, a much smaller force, or whether it be uh, you know o overbearing politicians versus the populace, or if you just have a a person who has a weapon and murder on their mind walking into a shopping mall, uh, if tempers flare and the power is asymmetric, the person who gets pissed off the the road rager, the whatever 
decides that they want to demonstrate their power, they might pull out a gun and start shooting because, I mean, what are all these unarmed idiots going to do? But the exact same situation when everybody in the room has a gun is tempers flare. Everybody gets pissed off and then everybody's like, you know, I could actually get killed over this. You know what? How about we just stop and everyone be reasonable for a moment? That happens. Which is the small scale example of why the Second Amendment exists, you know? And the fact that you can't get the guns out of the criminals hands because by definition, they're the criminals. Yeah, they if don't you follow are able laws. to get the guns. Right. If you are able to get the guns out of the people who follow the law's hands, they become 10 times the victim because the criminals know they won't have guns. Oh, wait, we're, well, we're over an hour into the show. We need a, we need to read our promo. You're listening to the grumpy old Benz. The grumpy old Benz runs all the time. Two old guys yelling at the cloud. Darren O'Neill. And Sir Ryan Bemrose. Neither one of you are that old. Grumpyoldbenz.com. Today with Bemlet. The, the constant need for promos is, is one place where I'm not sure that I'm on the same page as Dvorak, but yeah. Once in the middle of the show isn't really the constant need, but that can be argued. I, I think I just but, did. Yeah. <laughs> you heard criminals it. have. Yeah. When only criminals have guns, then that that's a, that's a different utopia. But that's the utopia for the criminals. Well, OK. Right? I mean, here's another another fine example. Um, when whenever you see a highly publicized mass shooting, I mean, they, every time that somebody pulls the trigger on a gun, it's highly publicized. But um, every time that you see some huge mass shooting that that yanks on the the window of public discourse and causes terrible legislation to be passed um i i think you know the answer to this one what is the location of these sort of things what what kind of places do mass shootings occur almost always in schools it seems yeah well in populous centers um uh nightclubs are fairly common uh festivals where people gather where people yeah. gather but uh let's okay let's go back to schools uh what is the most interesting thing about schools uh oh trying to out the tip of my tongue um uh oh gun free zones it, it, and children uh, yeah but Every mass shooting that shows up is, you know, you you think about the the large festivals, you think about nightclubs, they are all places where people are not allowed to carry guns. Uh, If and and just think about suppose for a moment, I know this is a stretch, but suppose you were a homicidal maniac bent on killing as many people as you can. Yeah. Okay. I just okay. I'm getting into that headspace. I'm there. Okay. Um. You need to pick where you're going to go. Do you go to a uh, the local police station, B the local gun range, or C uh, a populated area where everybody is checked for weapons at the door and not allowed to bring in backpacks, and also it would be illegal to carry a gun. Yeah, I'd go with C. Really, that's that's yeah. fascinating. I. That means that you think like anybody else who wants to have any kind of success at what they're doing. You, yes. you don't well, go I shoot believe. a place that, that is completely full of people wielding guns because the moment you pull the thing out and start acting threatening, you're going to die of lead poisoning. And I'm sure there are venues that don't allow this, but I believe that Uncle Ted Nugent 
has a policy that guns are allowed in the audience of his shows, which would probably make that one place a mass shooter wouldn't try to go and shoot up the crowd because no. they're going to be Swiss cheese pretty quick. But how, yeah, logic again, how, how often does Uncle Ted Nugent give concerts these days? No, he's still doing them. Really? He, he yeah, has his hunting has season shows. and he does like six months a year of concerts, I think. Yeah, he's still out there at 70, whatever he is. Uh, he's still going. Uncle Ted is still alive and well and doing shows. And uh, those are the crowds you don't want to. You, you'll be the safest in there because there's going to be a lot of weapons in there. And we have the, one of the restaurants we go to all the time here has one of those little signs on the door with the no, you know, the gun with the little red uh, circle and line through it. And I'm like, you know, that doesn't make me feel safer because if somebody no. wants to come in and shoot somebody, no, when I see not that, look at that sign. Yeah. When, when I see that, even, even if I don't happen to be carrying and that it's not going to personally impact me trying to get through the gate, uh, just seeing that makes me think, okay, so I am going into th- that sign is actually uh it it is a dog whistle for homicidal maniacs that says come shoot this place up kind of yeah that is kind of the uh it's like the big target it's like here come here we're here we're ready for you yeah nobody will bother you so actually that kind of brings me to another point i had which is uh know the laws in your area did you know that uh if darren sees that sign that says uh no guns then it's no guns if I see that sign that says no guns, I can still carry my gun in there as long as I have it concealed. Legally, a shop owner can't tell me that I can't bring their gun in if I have a concealed carry permit. A uh, shop owner, no, um, but there are still a lot of places like you can't carry in a school. Yes, there are a few still areas that you can't. You can't carry in a government building. Uh, there's st- actually some government buildings you can, just not courthouses and things like that. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just found it interesting. They can, if they find out you have the gun, they can ask you to leave, but private, uh, private shop owners cannot, you know, any company, anything like that. can't tell you, you can't bring your gun in here in Washington again in, in, uh, in, in Illinois, they can, but you know, it just goes back to know what your local gun laws are. Do you want to hear a local gun law that we heard yesterday, Tony, that really blew my mind from our buddy, Sir Mathieu who lives up in Canada in Quebec, when he wants to go to the gun range, he has to contact the police prior to going and let them know when he's going and what route he is taking. Wow. That's uh, there actually is a law that was passed here in Washington a couple of years ago that kind of goes along those lines, but nowhere near quite that strict. Um so, Darren, if you came and visited me here in Washington and uh, I wanted to show you my, you know, Bruger P85 or Ryan wanted to show you his 1022 or something like that, uh, even in our own homes, if I hand you that gun, I have to contact the police first and have a background check done. <laughs> nice. Yeah, now, that's happening, I'm sure. If Ryan came over, I can hand it to him because he's my family. I don't think that's safer. No, but. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't do that either. <laughs> because you know Ryan, you've already actually, done your background check on Ryan. Actually, we, we were in guns. I do trust my brother. He, yeah, we, we were he both is a very safe man. We, we're very both of us are very lucky people in that our father was half redneck and half white trash, and we grew up 
uh, with hunting shotguns and rifles. We grew up raising hunting dogs. We we did a lot of hunting when we were kids, uh, but we also grew up around other types of guns, uh, weapons. And the most important thing that old man Bemrose, I, I mean, older man Bemrose, not me. Uh, <laughs> drilled into our head was the rules of gun safety. And this man had even less respect for government mandated bullshit, like firearm safety training than I do, but he made absolutely damn sure that if either one of us ever came onto a firing range, we observed the protocol. For example, um, you know, even if, you know, we, we had a, we lived up against a field um, and we do trap shooting out in the backyard because I mean, when your backyard is big enough, shotgun pellets only go, uh, you know, a hundred yards. Um, so we'd shoot trap back there and he'd invite friends over. And if any of those friends uh, you know, put their finger in the trigger guard when they weren't ready to fire or uh, even just spun around and the barrel passed pointing towards somebody, he, he sorry, you're done. Uh, you know what? Go into the house and uh, we'll be done out here in, in a half hour. Uh, you can't do that. The sentence that I heard him say every time there was a new shooter. And I mean, obviously take it with a grain of salt, but the sentence he always said with every single new shooter that came into our house and shot trap out the back of our yard was you point a gun at my dog. Then you're done. You point a gun at another person. I'll shoot you myself. It's a little hardcore, but I feel like that's that's a pretty decent ground rule for guns. Yeah. Now, now that if if you told that to the average Western Washington gun grabber these days, then that's you get your red flag law or your yeah. red flag order passed on you immediately. But welcome to the Western part of the country. Like, oh, my God, he threatened me. He threatened to shoot me. Take all of his property away. I, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to rant here about red flag laws. Already did that in a previous episode. Should go listen to it. You know, actually, uh, one of my favorite, uh, and this was where thankfully everything went the right way. One of my favorite stories about the police and guns was, uh, I was out trap shooting out the back. I, Ryan, I don't remember if you were there or not, but, uh, out trap shooting out the back of our property and, uh, and our father was there and, uh, police show up because one of the neighbors is like oh my god there's guns being fired and the uh policeman walks right up and sees us shooting and so we put guns down and walk over and he just looks over and says uh so what you doing said shooting shotguns and he goes do you know what the local ordinance ordinance is for uh shooting here we said yeah not allowed to fire rifles pistols or uh muzzle loaders and he goes but shotguns are okay huh and we said yeah and he goes all right have a good day enjoy yourself and he walks off yeah well every once in a while you encounter somebody who can be reasonable yeah it's it's getting harder but they do still exist and again just going back to know your local gun laws well no that's not important is it uh, knowing I, your gun laws no i, I, I mean i can tell you're you trying that, to do illegally it is that i i can't legally shoot off shotguns in my backyard but given that i'm pretty close to downtown in the middle of a city and my backyard is only a few feet to the next property. That's probably a reasonable requirement. I can't even shoot guns on my, uh, on my property here in the County I live in. Uh, it's illegal to shoot on your own property. If, uh, 
shotguns at least if you have i believe it's two and a half acres which i don't i have an acre so no i can't shoot on my property but i know a lot of properties i can shoot on yeah well well i mean we have wilderness around here that fortunately that sort of thing still happens well and safety is a big important thing the the thing that people bring up that maybe drives me the craziest when it comes to the firearms thing which is the logic that you know this may seem extreme i mean i know there's a second amendment and all this other stuff and i know this seems extreme but if we can save just one life is such a flawed bit of logic because you go down that rabbit hole then if we can save just one life you start asking yourself well how many people are killed yearly in motor vehicle collisions i mean way more than that are killed by guns so i mean if we could if this was all about saving just one life then don't we have to get rid of cars i mean isn't there don't a we lot have to of get stuff rid of sugar yeah I mean, just if we could save just one well, life, it, but then the other part, if yeah. you're going to make the the anything that saves life is worth it argument, which I, I'm not convinced, but I'm not going to I'm not going to say I don't believe that because somehow you'll turn it around and make me in, you know, make me the friend of Hitler or something. But if we're going to believe the argument that if it saves just one life, it's worth it then we need to apply that to lots and lots of other situations. There are a lot of places where people can do something dangerous and we don't spend half the GDP of the country trying to prevent them. We're like, if you do something dumb, then I guess, you know, sayonara. Well, which would make sense. And again, that would be logical. And then people also along that same lines, is the rally cry that we've said more than once on the show and over at my other random thoughts podcast which is for the children can't we do this for the children so i just pulled up some statistics here this is the statistics for the leading causes of child and adolescent death in the united states in 2016 would you like to guess what percentage of deaths in 2016 to children and adolescents were firearm related i i'm assuming that the leading causes are all brainwashing related they're uh you know one no child left behind and give everybody a a snowflake is, is that can you can you give a snowflake i yes because we live far enough north that it snows in the winter but not everybody can you just have to be able the to question get one is, can you keep a snowflake that is true i don't without want it melting. to in fact, they're not invited into my house anymore. Oh, man. Fucking 22 inches of snowflakes last year. SJW bullshit. Oh, what? We're talking about different things. Um, are so. We? <laughs> yeah, you know, they do pile up those snowflakes pretty high. Stack on the them left like cornwood. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a Bemrose. If I don't know how even how you email Tony Bemrose, if you don't like that particular comment. But. You, so you what's said the it's guess? a DarrenAgrumpyOldBenz.com. And we could forward it to him. Firearm-related deaths of children and adolescents in the United States in 2016. What percentage of all deaths of children and adolescents in 2016 were firearm-related? I'm betting... I'm assuming well under 1%. I'm thinking a tenth. I'm betting it's non-zero, which means that it will be used regardless as justification for terrible laws. But please enlighten us. Well, it's 15%, 15.4% 15 
Then you take away suicides, which looks like is like 1.4%. So you're down to 14 and then you can take away unintentional and, and this if you want. Wow. But even that 14%, but that's of overall deaths. I mean, kids don't usually die, you know, because they're, they're young. So 14%, but compare that to 20% because of motor vehicle crashes. See, I would have so, put guns somewhere below medical malpractice on that list. You know, there's definitely uh, higher than I thought it was, but way less. Won't somebody please think of the children? Right. So, I mean, if we're thinking of the children and I think a lot of these motor vehicle crashes are again, because of something we've talked about, which is distracted driving, but you never see these people out there talking about distracted driving that want to get rid of your guns because the guns are going to save so many kids. And let's also remember that in this, you're including all of the kids like in gangland Chicago who are getting shot because this is anybody under the age of 19. So, oh, okay. you know, you start oh. adding that in and then you really start going, okay, uh, if you, if you take kids that aren't in gangs and aren't, you know, then this is probably down to, you know, closer. If I would guess, because the number of deaths in 2016 was, uh, 3,143, uh, a thousand of those 1100 of those were suicides. So about 2000 were, uh, homicides. So when I mean, you look at that, and then you look at how many people have gotten shot in Chicago, and you understand a lot of those are in that age range, and you, you realize pretty quick that the distracted driving and driving at all is a much bigger cause of childhood deaths. I mean, if we want to have some fun, I pulled up Hey Jackass the, the number- uh, in October. In October so far, total shot in Chicago in October, 191 with Damn. 34 homicides. How are you still year alive? To date. Oh, that's right. You own guns. Right. And I'm outside of Chicago year to date in Chicago, shot and killed 398 shot and wounded 1922 total shot in Chicago, 2,320 with the total homicides in Chicago so far this year at 434. Well, fortunately, Chicago still has a lot of people that they can go through before their leadership ever has to think about the problem. Okay, so to be honest, I, I, I don't. You know, the the argument is always, "Won't somebody please think of the children?" And I, I don't honestly want to think of the children, uh, because that is making any kind of distinction between adults and children. I, there is no age where it's suddenly magically okay for somebody to be murdered. That it, it doesn't matter that there's no mystical age where you're like, well, you've suddenly turned 18. You've turned 21. I guess it's fine for us to kill you now. That age does not exist. So now hold the, on, right? How old are you? I am not old enough. That age. I am not so old that it's okay to shoot me. <laughs> I, I, and I'm right, certainly I'll, young I'll enough to you shoot back. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's no age. At which it's okay. So the only benefit that you, the only thing that it serves to separate out children versus any other people getting shot or any other people, you know, is, is an emotional argument. Your, your entire point is to yank on heartstrings because humans are hardwired to have emotional protective needs for children that we're not really hardwired for other people. But if we may step back, and I know thinking rationally is not easy, but if we may step back and do that briefly, uh, it's not okay 
for anybody to be murdered. I know that's a radical position, but I'm taking it here on Grumpy Old Ben's today. Well, and they use children again. If if somebody, if you're out there and you haven't gone and listened to the Random Thoughts podcast on bias, it's something everybody I think should listen to because I think it was one of the podcasts I learned the most on how using emotion is so much more powerful than using facts, and that explains so much of what we're dealing with in society today that it's not even crazy. All you have to do is watch this presidential election unfolding yet again to realize that facts don't mean anything. It's all about the emotional pleas. That's why it's always for the children. That's why it's always if just one life can be saved because you're you're a dirtbag human being, Ryan. If you don't believe that if just one life can be saved that we shouldn't do it. There's so that's many reasons. Up, that's why we yeah, put up are. all these nets now at baseball games. Because one person gets killed in 20 years. And, well, you know, we have to put up all these nets now. Uh, It's the same reasons. I'm just waiting for, like, football stadiums to have to have, like, heated seats so that people don't get pneumonia (laughs) or something like that. Yeah, because it's coming. You know, it's got to be coming. They already have breathalyzers, and that doesn't seem to be helping much. (laughs) No, not as long as they're still selling alcohol in the stadium. I mean... (laughs) Well, yeah, oh, but it, we'll see. Now, there's another thing we might have to get rid of because alcohol probably leads to homicides when no, people but, but hear your decision making possibility. That alcohol is priced such that unless you're willing to mortgage your home, you're not going to be able to buy enough to get drunk. It's well, take your own in. You know, that's actually getting harder to do. Yeah. The, the, the last time that I was at a pro baseball game was uh, the time that they they found my liquor on the way in and. Uh, I angrily grabbed the thing and they said, you have to pour this out. And I said, okay. And I poured it all into my mouth. <laughs> How much did you have? Uh, too many bottles. I was nice. so mad because I was like, oh, so that just happened. And they had caught him. They didn't catch me. With many <laughs> bottles. And I was like, all right, well, I might as well just drink mine too. So I crack one open, start to drink it. And this angry security guard come grabs my hand and says, you can't do that. And I just, Pour alcohol all down my chest. Anybody <laughs> got a match? So pissed. You poured it down the wrong person's chest. I was trying to drink it. <laughs> wow, that's not a that's not a fan friendly experience. It doesn't sound like no, no, no. It was also my birthday. <laughs> it was your birthday. That's right. <laughs> okay, see, we know Beta O'Rourke is completely out of his mind, but there's a link in the troll room from our buddy Blitz. That the headline is Beto O'Rourke suggests that gun manufacturers will finance his gun confiscation plan. Yeah, not that's willingly. On the Daily Wire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this kind of like Mexico will fund the wall? That's, I mean, should like, we be laughing at him? No, that's like Tacoma gun manufacturers are going to fund the city council. Not willingly, they're not. <laughs> okay, yeah, you want to bring I, in some facts? Uh, here's a fun one. Uh, would you like to guess? And you probably do know the answer to this, but maybe. Tony might know. Uh, Would you like to guess uh, which are the top four? I'm I'm only going to say four because it makes my point better. Uh, What are the top (laughs) four cities in the United States that have the worst, the most shootings, the most gun violence per capita? Okay, let me guess. St. Louis, Baltimore, Chicago. Ooh, yeah. And? Okay, so I've got to see St. Louis, Baltimore, Chicago. Is Detroit still in there? Uh, Detroit's number five. Jacksonville. New Orleans, I think, is top of there, Jacksonville. 
Yeah. See, we're up in our gun violence. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so St. Louis, Jacksonville, Chicago, and Baltimore and Detroit at number five. So I guess that works too. Um, so I, I, if it, to finish my point and to spring the gotcha that you already know is coming, what do all of those cities have in common? Democratic leaders. They are all, yes, they are all completely co- <laughs> controlled and have been for decades controlled by Democrats. What else do they have in common? Every one of the city has extremely strict gun laws that prevents you from having or carrying weapons, guns in the city. So how are they getting shot? These facts would seem to tell you that the harsher your gun laws are, the more people get shot. So they should try getting rid of the gun laws. Well, there's also a very strong correlation to cities over a certain size. For example, uh, Tacoma, Washington's not on that list, despite being a total shithole, because it's a much smaller city. But yes. Well, I'm pretty sure it's not on that list because people are too busy, you know, avoiding the stench to shoot people. (laughs) (laughs) See, point about being shithole. (laughs) Oh, man. The aroma of Tacoma is a real thing. But they used to make some nice guitars to the Tacoma Guitar Company before it was bought by Fender. But uh, that's another story. Yeah. It's, well, it's, uh, back when when I was in high school and you drove like if we we lived uh, outside of Portland and if we ever had to drive to Seattle, you have to drive through Tacoma and uh, there was a paper mill operating right next to the freeway, which meant that everybody who ever had to go through Tacoma got to smell a paper mill as they go through the town. And that is what you always remembered about the town. I don't think the Ryan, mill is there paper. Yes, it is. It is still there. And it's in the port of Tacoma, which is about a half mile from my work. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, yeah. What does it's a awful. paper mill smell like? Uh, it smells like shit that's fermenting. I mean, that that is kind of what I mean. Uh, technically, it's fermenting wood pulp. But yeah, kind of. It doesn't sound pulled. It doesn't sound like a, a stench that I would like to experience on a daily basis. So we, no. we thank you for your courage, Tony. Well, no, it's awful. We're, we're I, just going to point out that our podcast listeners are lucky in this particular case that we don't yet have smell vision attached to our grumpy old Ben's MP3s. Also, as I pointed out earlier, uh, I live a half hour drive away or more and uh, in the woods. So I don't smell that on, you know, today. Just when I go to work. And our buddy Blitz, uh, no, Phipps, I'm sorry, uh, also points out that almost every native of Switzerland has a gun. And uh, I don't know. We hear about gun crime in Switzerland. I don't remember ever hearing any mass shootings in Switzerland. And to be honest, I don't remember hearing a story out of Switzerland of any kind. (laughs) They keep their news very Uh, inside. Maybe I don't know. The most notable thing that I know about Switzerland is that they... They are clearly the smartest country in the entire EU because they didn't join the EU. (laughs) If you look at the map of the EU and the map is honest, there is a Switzerland sized hole right dead center where they are not an EU member and everything around them for hundreds of kilometers is. Well, they are smart then. You don't want to be a part of that shit show. There's no doubt about it. No, but I that mean, is a, you know, that's a completely different topic. Although, as I mean, as I, Americans, we kind of are part of that <laughs> shit show. Thank you, globalism. Yeah, well, that's why everybody hates Trump, because he's not the globalist that they wanted. He's not the globalist that Obama was, and he's not the globalist that Bush was. And this is no, uh, he's, he's not 
He's not giving away United States sovereignty to every global organization left and right as like the last four presidents did. So what do you do if you run into somebody that's like, I can't believe you have guns. You're a horrible person. Well, you, you, you shouldn't be allowed. You exchange insurance information and then drive away. <laughs> or did you uh, mean wa- like encounter? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, if somebody tries to make that, how do you, is there, well, I think this goes back to what we talked about yesterday a little bit on the last grumpy old Ben show, which was, believe it or not, people yesterday that there is dimension a and dimension b and it really has gotten to the point to where i believe people used to be you know 10 percent in dimension a 10 percent in dimension b and then the other 80 percent were fairly logical people in the middle who were picking and choosing what they like from both sides and i do believe we're at the point now to where we really have a society where people are split on so many things right down the middle and can you even convince anybody at this point that is an anti-gun person that these facts and figures i don't think they really matter is there any way to get through to people if you're making the argument pro-gun so if i have somebody try to address the fact that you know this weekend i'm going to go out hunting or you know i'm going to go out shooting because again i do live in a relatively inner or I, i work i mean in a relatively inner city area and yet i live out in the middle of nowhere uh this is a conversation that I have to have occasionally, you know, people are like, why, you know, why do you think you need to have guns or anything like that? You know, you're a terrible person. I'm always going to just shut it down. with, Yeah, that's fine. I can be a terrible person. I'm okay with that. And what that does is it actually makes them have the initiative to whether or not they want this to be a real conversation, because if they don't want it to be a real conversation, they're just going to feel happy and justified that I admitted I'm a terrible person. Yeah, they, they can walk away. Have, it it yeah, also and then walk away, and that's fine. I wasn't going to change your mind, anyways. It, it also if makes actually, you less likely to be arrested than than punching them in the face and then kicking them in the nuts, or running into them and having to exchange insurance information. Uh, well, you but, you just uh, don't commute the same freeways I do. I, Grumpy I old don't. does not advocate violence. Again, I live in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so if they do go on with well, what do you mean by that? Or, you know, well, that's not true, you know, or they actually want to have a real conversation. Then now I can have a real conversation with them. And I will probably say, hey, if you want to understand what guns are really about, come with me. I'll take yeah, you come to the range. Yeah. 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 If, if you want to understand what guns are really about, come with me. Let's come to this dark alley over here. <laughs> nah, I don't. I don't bring my guns to work. I mean, there's been days that I've wanted to, but. I don't bring my guns to work. I believe yesterday it was Carolyn Blaney, our friend from the Hug Story podcast, HugStory.net, that said shooting is the most fun you can have with your clothes on. Uh, try it. If you've never tried, you're trying to figure out if there are other fun yeah, things I'm, you can I'm, do. The citation needed, but <laughs> I, I, I understand <laughs> I the point, though. I the my sentiment. wife will let me answer that truthfully. Okay. <laughs> Keep so some things private. There's plenty of sexual things you can do with your clothes on. Yeah, I think it was just meant as a meme kind of a thing, but that's okay. Well, okay. Uh, I think a well, lot of, far be it a lot of me people to... that are anti-gun have never tried to, you know, have never fired a gun and don't understand how they work or think that they are these big scary things that are, um, you know, uncontrollable. I mean, that's one of the things that I think people are afraid. Of. Oh, you you have a gun in your house, and if you have kids in the house, yeah, I understand. 
don't have a gun or you make sure you get a good gun safe, not just put it in your desk drawer. They're misdirecting, though. It, it, you know, the old the old adage, uh, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Gun is a tool. If you understand it, you know how to use it and you don't let your irrational fears rule you, then you'll realize that the real danger is not the gun. The danger is the behavior of the person holding the gun. And that's why you want good people to have guns and have good training, not why you think that tools should be taken away to limit people's options. I mean, yes, let me ask you that. this. I have There's tools actually much more dangerous than guns, like my chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, primarily yeah, dangerous heard. to stumps and to you. But yeah, that's what I mean. But let me ask both of you this question then. I mean, if you understand that what we're worried about is the person wielding the gun where do you stand on all of these things like background checks? What should be done? Uh, I stand what behind be some kind of wall that stops the bullets. What should somebody I, have to go through in order to get a gun? I want you to try answering the question honestly, rather than making a flippant comment. I, I was going to say I stand behind my own wow, barrel. But I, I, <laughs> man, I, honestly, without a flippant comment, you know what? I, I, I might not be able to do that. <laughs> I know. So, We're pushing you past your limits. There are certain things that I think are absolutely reasonable. I mean, so if I go back to that uh, court case I was mentioning, uh, now I lost the name of it. But anyways, the one from 1939. Uh, If you go back to that court case, one of the other things that it's uh, established was um, anybody who is a felon and... There was also a, there was a provision in it about uh, mental health, um, but it, w- it actually stated something about it, it wasn't like the red flag laws these days. It, was, it stated something about like actually established by a health professional or something like that. I don't remember exactly how it was worded. Okay. Um, and and I think that at least a background check to make sure that those things are upheld. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, and I think that's a great idea before you can purchase a gun. That being said, we all know that, you know, criminals aren't do- getting background checks. They aren't buying this through legal means. Uh, so we probably shouldn't be making it, you know, a, a year long wait to buy a gun, which is, I'm sure what a lot of people want to happen. You know, a lot of these. Uh, yeah, the, know, the, the one year waiting period is just a stepping stone to banning entirely. But well, it's a it's a way to ban it without actually banning it and breaking the Second Amendment. And did you say it was 30 days now in Washington? It is now 30 days. It's a waiting days. period? Yes. So with handguns, it's 30 days. With rifles and shotguns, it's uh, uh, like 72 hours. Oh, look at Mr. Nose's which, shit yeah, which over is, here. Which is I've what handguns are here. Guns. Yeah, 72 hours here to, to get a gun, for, to get your handgun. Um, yeah, 30 days seems excessively long. Yes. And if you have your concealed carry permit, no waiting period at all. Because... To get your concealed carry, you had to go through all the background checks. So makes sense to answer your question, Darren, if uh, now this is this is taking government out of the equation. And I know that suddenly we've gone into some kind of uh, a a weird alternate reality that can't exist. But um, if I am the one who is deciding whether or not somebody should have access to a gun. Uh, The two things that I want is I want some confidence that this person is going to show good judgment. And maybe that does take the the form of a background check of some kind. 
uh, and I want evidence that this person respects the weapon and understands the rules of gun safety. Um, I, I will never hand somebody a firearm uh, that does not know, understand, and respect the particular, you know, there's, there's certain things that you just, if you're responsible, you never do with a gun. Uh, you never point a gun at anything that you don't intend to destroy. Uh, you keep your, uh, to, to quote one of my friends from the army, uh, you, you keep your booger hook off of the bank switch until you're ready to fire. <laughs> um, you know, there's wise words. There's just certain things that, you know, you treat a gun as if it is loaded at all times. Uh, and, and if somebody can demonstrate that, then I think that, you know, that, and there's re not, there's no reason to believe that they are going to exercise really poor judgment, which could be a simple background check to see if they've had a history of violence or, you know, but then I think that, you know, everybody needs to be armed in order to have a polite society. And uh, a lot of people will look at this and go, well, you're being way too lax because, you know, what if somebody uh, is mentally unstable and they get their hands on a gun? Well, first of all, that's thought crime. Um, if they haven't committed a crime, then you can't punish them for it. That's not right. Uh, but secondly, even if somehow a gun gets into the hands of somebody who is bad, which, by the way, because of the class of people called criminals who, by definition, don't follow laws, uh, guns are going to get into the hands of bad people. Uh, the way that you mitigate that is by also having guns in the hands of the vast majority of good people around them and everybody's polite to each other. Uh, well, yeah, you make a very valid point when you talk about the waiting time being meaningless when somebody's getting the gun in an illegal manner, because then the waiting time doesn't do anything at all. The waiting period I get, which is, you know, what the 72 hours seems fairly reasonable. And I'm sure the background checks can be done in minutes with the way these computers are today. Maybe the old guys again, now, back in the, the day, you, the very you, know, you actually had to do the very important thing I want to point out about background checks is that it should never be used as a, a weapon or a political tool and I don't know how you protect against that as long as you're letting the government do it, but it should only be used to in lieu of personal experience with the person where you know that they're not going to exercise bad judgment. It's a proxy for that. And I don't know how you make it so that that's not used as as a way to just, you know, uh, an end run around gun grabbing, but to make make it harder for individuals to sell their weapons. Yeah. And that three-day waiting period, I've always understood, was maybe more a part of your. If anybody really is pissed, you know, this is the cool-down period. That uh, if it's somebody that normally wouldn't commit said crime, that that waiting period would let them calm down and, and become more rational. I don't know if that is ever been proven to be the case or not. But yeah, when you have a world where you can get guns illegally, this comes down again to the case where. The only people that are doing it legally are probably never going to commit the crime. So you could and, actually question the validity of the background checks at that point. And, and that's why, by the way, the, the waiting period is why if you're planning on committing a, a, a crime in the heat of passion, uh, you need to go out and purchase your gun at least three days before you're planned to do that. Right. 
Yeah, three days before you know you're going to be really mad. One of the yeah. things you talk about politicizing and and using this stuff, uh, weaponizing these things. The state of Illinois had the FOID card list uh, exposed, if you will. I think it was posted somewhere. So everybody in Illinois that had a FOID card, which is your fire uh, firearm owner ID, which is what you have to have in order to buy a gun, the the uh, information for that all sounds, of us sounds a lot like the leaked. concealed carry permits we have in Washington. Yeah, well, we need another concealed carry permit oh, okay. after oh, that. Oh, this just, is just, just straight up registration. Yes. In Illinois. yes. Yeah. Just in order to buy a handgun, you need to have a FOID card. And then if you want to concealed carry, you have to go through the classes do, of that. The FOID the card basically means they did the background in downtown check. Chicago check for that sort of thing. I don't know. Maybe they have like little things on their iPhone where they could just swipe your there's, license there's and an see app if for you're. That. Yeah, there's got to be an app for that but just think about that that list went out my wife and i had a conversation about that when this when this happens because you know we're both void card owners and the question becomes does your house because your address is on there does your house become more likely to get burgled or less if you have a void card and the question i mean it's it's a good argument can be made on both sides because if people are looking for guns then you'd be looking for people with void cards or if you didn't want to get shot you'd be avoiding those well, I people mean, i mean burgled by whom burgled by uh somebody who is looking to not just, the government well that that was part of my question i mean there's there's three classes <laughs> of people. There's, there's the person yeah. who wants to commit violence and is looking for a convenient place to get a gun and that might be there's the people who might break in because they're looking for something that they can swipe and fence for their next drug hit and those people are probably not a huge they're they're probably less likely to break into somewhere that they know that there's a, a gun wielding homeowner uh and then you you know burgled by uh some armed men from the government being directed by a gun grabbing politician yeah that could happen and you're not you don't have a lot of options damn if you want to find rich people phipps says in sweden tax records are public so i guess it's really easy to find the find the rich people there's some weird stuff that goes on around the world huh. and i learn a lot in this in the no agenda troll I hear, room slash I hear they're chat also room. public in the white house well that's not true oh <laughs> that's not true but if i want to see trump's tax returns i want to see them right after i see nancy pelosi's and barack obama's and hillary clinton's and al gore i mean al was poor when he left the vice presidency and now he's got millions how did that happen climate change I don't get it but that's but the climate change is a climate really change is a moneymaker but that has nothing to do with guns and i don't want to go down that rabbit hole is there anything any topic that we haven't hit in this otherwise can a comprehensive gun conversation that we've had today so i did just do for fun last night i just did this for fun i uh when i was thinking about the, all the concealed carry i just did the uh the trip if i wanted to drive from here to see you darren in chicago i actually just mapped it seattle to chicago uh if I wanted to carry a weapon the whole way, what you could do. And uh, I found out that uh, with a Washington state concealed carry license, I could continue concealed carrying through Idaho, through Montana, through Wyoming for the like 10 miles that you're in Wyoming, uh, through South Dakota. In Minnesota, I would have to actually disassemble the gun, separate the ammunition from it and put it in a hard case. Uh, and uh, keep it in an inaccessible part of my vehicle. Nope. Uh, then I Nobody could concealed carry again. <laughs> uh, then I could concealed carry again in Wisconsin, and then Illinois. Just it, you know, you might as well just throw it out the window. Uh, and people do. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> well, that's how the usually get it. Right. That's after you commit your crime and you're, and you're being chased as you, you sometimes need to throw that weapon uh, yeah. out the window. Hey, cops, here's some evidence. Right. Preferably um, into the Chicago River. And in reverse. The, the only river in the uh, world that has a metal bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and in reverse, uh, it's almost the same. Uh, if Darren, you decided with your concealed carry to come out and see us, uh, you would not be allowed to carry uh, through. Oh, you could actually in Minnesota, but uh, in Wyoming, you would not be able to. And in Washington, you would not be able to. Ah, these laws are so easy to understand, yeah. aren't they? Fuck, yeah. Fucking left coast. Well, that is the that is the whole point to the the idea of preemption was when when they drafted the Washington state constitution, they didn't want people to have that problem when you drive from, say, uh, Bellingham down to Olympia or Tacoma or I mean, you did, they didn't want every single city that you drive through to force you to stop at the city limits. And, oh, well, this one, I have to disassemble my gun and this one, I have to move the ammo into a hard kit. They didn't want you to have to deal with that at a city level, which is why there is the, the state preemption that says that if if there are going to be any firearms regulations, they need to be state level, period. And yet the concealed carry reciprocity uh was in washington sounds like a petulant child oh yes because it says uh that uh the concealed carry from the state that they that they want to do reciprocity with has to have a two-level background check the same way that washington does and this is the part that sounds petulant uh that state has to recognize reciprocity with washington first yeah, well, right. I, I think I think 30, 33 episodes of this podcast has already demonstrated that uh, I don't have a hell of a lot of respect for some of the people running the state of Washington these days. I've never heard that. Really? Have you mentioned this prior? <laughs> I, I know that you don't actually listen to this podcast, but some of the people who do might have heard that. I only I had, listen to selective parts. I had I had one other thing, and and this is one of the things that that gives me hope because whenever you think about how utterly retarded and shitty the the people are who have the the completely wild out their ideologies who seem to be getting all the press and yanking all the attention, the important thing to remember is that the normal people who look at all of these weird news stories or all of the, the authoritarian fascist bullshit going on and we'll say, wait, what, why? And those people, they're not really acting because they've got their own lives and they've got their own shit to do, but there's a lot of them out there. And uh, in this particular case, um, initiative 1639 that I ranted about significantly earlier um, has prompted the introduction of a term called the a second amendment sanctuary and what this is is uh washington is for the most part divided by a big mountain range down the middle and the left side are all uh completely dimension b adult gun grabbing democrats generalizing here and the east side is much more rural and tends to be more republican well the gun restrictions were all voted in by the much more populous left side of the state but there are sheriffs of counties in eastern washington who have said we will refuse to enforce any part 
of this gun restriction because it is unconstitutional and the lawsuits are still working their way through the court and will be for the next five years. Uh, but there are there are counties which the sheriffs have declared this is a Second Amendment sanctuary. We will not enforce this law. And it, which it, just starts making things more confusing. It does. But at the same time, it, it's one of the few things that makes me realize that uh, not everybody is on board with the political agenda of the power hungry elites. Well, yeah, there's well, a fight and, going on. And how about uh, about three or four years ago after the new uh, um, the, the gun? There was a I don't know what gun law it was, but there was a law that came into effect. That was the one that I was telling you about that uh, about five years ago. That, that was about uh, you. I can't hand Darren a gun unless I have a background check done. Um, there's actually a lot of different parts to that law. Uh, and I actually talked to a game warden about that. And at that point, when I talked to him, uh, this law had already been in effect for a year. And I asked him, what does this law really mean? And his answer was, I don't know. <laughs> well, here's the question. Like, How does what? an individual citizen say you really want to follow this law? You're, you're a law-abiding guy. And before you hand me the gun, you want to get a background check done on me. How do you even go about that to get a background check on another private citizen? You use the government. Yeah. And, the, and there was a lot of other parts of this. Wait, so the is, government will just willy nilly give you a background check on somebody that you just, I mean, for no reason whatsoever. Well, no, I mean, they, they might not give you the results, but they'll do it. Tabs. Oh, sorry. Uh, but, but no, I, I was asking because uh, there were several other parts of this law that, you know, I've promptly forgotten because I didn't understand them. And because even the game warden didn't understand them. I said, well, what does this really mean? And he says, I, I don't know. I don't know what this really means. I'm like, how do you? How do you enforce a law that, that you don't understand? Not even you understand. And his response was, all of us are just waiting for there to actually be a, an arrest and for a, ga- for a judge to actually say, here's what the interpretation is for us to actually enforce anything. That's like, sad. So we're not enforcing it until somebody decides to enforce it. <laughs> it so seems that like we can a- figure out how to enforce it. What that seems like fuck? what they call a Mexican standoff, isn't it? I mean, there's we we have to read the bill before we have to pass the bill before we know what's in it. I mean, it, it's it, the it same kind like of logic. Sounds like a win-win situation. The cops don't have to worry about extra work. The public doesn't have to worry about shitty laws being enforced on them. And the uh, the virtue signaling dipshits who are making the laws still get to claim that they were tough on guns and stir up their base. Yeah, I suppose. I just it just makes me nervous because what happens when you get that overzealous uh, cop or something who all of a sudden goes, oh, no, I think that's what this means and arrests you well, for it, it. Every time that there are laws that are not correctly enforced, what you end up with is a great deal of uncertainty. And the problem is in 240 years of this country, there are a lot of laws out there that aren't being enforced anymore because there's too fucking many of them. They're just so many laws. It's so complicated that nothing is being enforced. And that is what opens the door for selective enforcement for anybody in in government or law enforcement to arbitrarily decide which laws to enforce and which ones not. And therefore, as an average person going about their average day, uh, you don't have any idea what's going to be enforced anymore. 
Well, yeah, I think the average person, we did that. One of my random thoughts as well was something where like the average person commits multiple crimes and some even like felonies every day without having any clue that they're committing it because the legal system is so screwed up. Yeah, which, I, I, yeah. you know, I brought up my solution to that, which is that all laws need to expire after a certain number of years. And the ones that are really, really important will be renewed. And the ones that aren't important, like, uh, you know, regulations on how often you can walk your pet alligator will eventually go away <laughs> as people forget about them. Well, it makes logical sense because they want to do this with, oh, you have to get a yearly background check if you want a gun. So, yeah, these laws should also get a yearly look over to see, is this still yeah. something that we and, need on the books? And, and by the way, we're, I'm, I'm getting a little farther off topic, but that's what I do. Uh, I, I think no, I it didn't was notice that in the first 32 episodes. I think it was Thomas Jefferson. It was one of the, the important guys back then uh, who actually made the argument that all laws should expire after 19 years. And the reason that he chose that is that uh, we, we have a, an idea in common law that debt is not passed on down through generations, but that's what laws are is they are, they are debt and they are older generations trying to enforce their will on younger generations. And if, if you, unless you want to submit to full feudalism where the sins of the father are passed on to the sins of the child, you need to stop having people who are dead running your life. And in okay, order with to that do that, said, let me ask you this. Do you want millennials making your laws? No, but I'm not dead. After I'm dead, they can, they can ruin the lives of their own kids all they want. I'm still here. I know that that might be hard to believe. I, and I might act dead sometimes when I just, you know, plod my way through these podcasts without raising my voice. But Brian just wants the right to ruin my kids instead of, you know, kids ruining his Well, as an because, uncle, that know, is my God-given right. Kids. <laughs> Billy Bones in the chat room points out, not all millennials are created equally. And yes, he's one of the few that actually no. has a brain, it seems. No, millennials actually follow exactly the same formula that I've been talking about before, which is that 90% of them are perfectly normal people who are, they're fine. You, you, they shake your hand on the street if they still do that. Um, they're, they're okay people who have a sense of moral compass and, and are, you know, don't try to kill you. Um, it, it's always a tiny minority who ruins things because that minority is the ones who get all the news. So, yeah, I, I, I know millennials who are perfectly fine people. Those people are not in the news. Billy Bones might be one okay. of them. He might need to be in the news. Yeah. yeah. Billy Bones walk through the mind. Check out his podcast as well. There's a lot of them on the no agenda stream. So I think we've covered everything we needed to on the gun issue. Again, as always, I don't think we've really. Uh, fixed anything i don't think we figured no. out any solutions no, and we certainly we haven't even covered everything we need to this, what, this what else is, what's missing i i anything don't know we but add? we'll bring we have we have hundreds more episodes of grumpy old bins that we're going to revisit this we have hundreds oh, man hundreds more i could i could talk a whole lot more about hunting but i wasn't prepared for that conversation yet <laughs> prepared well, that'll be another who the fuck will be another show conversation like this as I told Ryan and everybody else yesterday, I was looking through some news stories the other day, and I came across a headline that said, Ted Nugent posts disturbing picture to whatever. And I clicked on it because, you know, clickbait. And every now and then I click on things. And it was Nugent had posted on Instagram, I think it was, a photo 
of like five deer hanging from a rack that he was getting ready to, you know, carve up into the tasty, tasty venison. And that is like, what is considered a disturbing and disgusting photo in our current society. Like, this is what meat looks like before it's raw. <laughs> oh, man, I had a venison stew the other night. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, the, the, these people don't want you to have that. Hunting is bad. How dare you shoot Bambi? I, I, like I said, I hope all of these people are. She had it coming. <laughs> vegans, because <laughs> otherwise they don't understand where their hamburgers are coming from. And maybe that's the case. Well, ha- hamburgers, that is, hamburgers come from Burger King and McDonald's, right? The fast food places. Yeah. And now you've got the, the ones without meat, which is yum. More those, chemicals those to put into hamburgers. your system. I'd, I'd, no, I'd rather go to the paper, dis- the napkin dispenser and eat that. Yeah, but I'd <laughs> well, still rather not go to the paper mill and eat that. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. I'm with you on that entirely. Thanks to everybody who was hanging out with us today in the chat room while we do this live, normally Fridays, but today's Saturday, a special episode 33 with double the Bemrose action. We warned you before it started, so hopefully everybody was able to make it through this episode with twice the Bemrose rant. If you like what you're hearing, you can go to grumpyoldbens.com and click on one of those subscribe buttons android apple you can even get it emailed to you if you're one of those people that doesn't like using phones so you don't miss an exciting episode of the grumpy old ben's podcast if you really like what you're hearing click on that little donate button tony bemrose did which i'm sure you said that was all for me though i wasn't supposed to share that with ryan i believe uh if maybe a Maybe I, I missed that, but uh, that's fine. Well, he I, understood exactly what I was talking about. I, 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 I'm still <laughs> waiting for uh, that, that sweet, sweet random thoughts money to come my way. Yeah. You're not a part of random thoughts. You're just a critic of random thoughts. Me? You're I'm, not I actually am your number one heckler. <laughs> that is true. Larry from that Larry show.com is my biggest fan. And Ryan is my biggest heckler on random thoughts. The other podcast I do, but Hey, if you like what you're listening to here, like Tony Bemrose, you could click that donate button and you can get us a one-time donation you can get us a monthly donation like our buddy sir john fletcher of the hog story podcast did and that way we can keep the lights on the microphones humming and all that and getting you the best content that we can deliver sometimes with twice the bemrose is there any last words guys tony thank you for coming on the show and uh and and trying to keep ryan in check i always appreciate when somebody else can help me do that yeah good luck Actually, I've had a great time, guys, uh, and uh, it was fun having an excuse to avoid my children for a couple hours. <laughs> well, just send them to Uncle Ryan one day. He's a good babysitter, I yes. hear, when no. they don't yes, go running from the house. I promise they won't be too corrupted, not after only one no. session. I'm actually more worried about them coming back in more than one piece a piece. I wouldn't <laughs> damage your children. Not physically. I don't believe that. No, I would damage their minds. I would poison their thoughts with these seditious ideas. I considering, know what you did to me growing considering up. Considering that you don't let <laughs> you don't let your daughters listen to grumpy old Ben's, and you should. I do let them listen to it. She told me to turn it off because she didn't like your voice. Well, at least <laughs> at least she's got some promise. <laughs> but that's Uncle Ryan on the radio. I know. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where, you know, the bullets aren't exactly going over my head, but I think I can hear gunshots every now and then. And from America's left coast, where the people live in constant butt puckering fear of our constitutional rights. I'm Ryan Bemrose. 
Thank you.